0: hello everybody from the streets ain't loyal podcast we have sonny acosta so sonny tell me about who is sonny acosta well i'm 54
1: uh moved around a lot i can't really call anywhere home i guess uh east la is probably the closest thing to home and that and monte uh been through some things in my life and uh Coming out on the other side and trying to be positive in life. Learning that uh, life is uh, what you make it. And it doesn't have to be hard all the time. It could be uh, something special.
0: So tell us more about yourself. Like, where did you grow up? What what place do you call home? Uh, the
1: area I run in was Burbank. But I grew up in Monte. I grew up here in East East Los Angeles. Um, the biggest part of my life has probably been in East Los Angeles now that I've been here since uh, I moved back in 1989 and I've been here in East Los since. Regardless, minus the time I was in the joint. <laughs> but I've been here in, uh, this here in about 23 years this last time.
0: And if you don't mind me asking, what was your family situation like? Uh,
1: I have one brother, he, uh, 11 months younger than me. Uh, it was me and my father and my mother. Uh, both of my parents were heroin addicts. My father was an alcoholic, to top it off. Uh, so my, my, my childhood was pretty unstable. As a kid, we moved around a lot. um uh, Live one place for a year, two years, and move. Um, that that was our whole life. Our whole childhood it was just moving, moving, moving. Burbank was the one place that we did stay for the longest. My father passed away in 1983 of a drug overdose, and my mother in 1993 of a drug overdose.
0: Well, wow, that seems like a hard, hard life. Um, so, with that said. Um, what made you decide to get into becoming a gang member?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't... It was a conscious decision. It was, I can't say it wasn't. It was a conscious decision where i I see older Trollos with the girls, with the car, with the money, with the respect. <clears throat> and I was a chunky little kid, so... I had been around it my whole life. My uncles, all my family members were gang members. So I had, I, I was already raised as a, a little gangbanger, but hearing all the little war stories and stuff, you know, uncles like getting out of prison and all that crap. But when I, When I decided to get into my neighborhood, we were just kicking my neighborhood off. We didn't really think it was going to get big. We didn't, you know, we thought we were going to have some fun and it would be over with.
0: So I would imagine that getting into a neighborhood at that time is like an excitement factor to belonging to something much more than just living the regular life.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I was a chunky kid. So as soon as we kicked off the neighborhood, girls were flirting with me. Uh. Had money, but I figured the guys would help me how to how to make money. Uh, the excitement, the gangbang, the respect, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I had fun doing it at the time. Not realizing the repercussions of it later. But at the time, it was the girls, the money, the cars, everything that I see my uncles have and, and my cousins. And I'm thinking, yeah, I want to be like that.
0: Would you say that sometimes some people get into becoming into a gang member or joining a gang? Um, They call it bullying now. Back in the day, they really didn't necessarily call it bullying, Um, but sometimes people felt the need to join to a gang for uh, protection. Um, Do you think that might have been something that kind of happened in your life?
1: No, mine was... I never felt like I needed the protection because if I need it, Somebody to back my play, there was always my uncles. There was always people around me, family members that were willing to go there. Me, I wanted to go on my own little way. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted my own reputation. I wanted my own uh, life. I didn't want to follow anybody else's. I could have got into the neighborhood uh, that my family was part of. There was multiple neighborhoods that i could have got into and i didn't we started our own kicked off our own thing um i didn't it was for me it was the girls the money <laughs> the drugs and the you know what i mean that was that was it for me it wasn't nothing about being uh uh scared of anybody or anything
0: so it was a conscious decision um based upon like cultural uh upbringing yeah there didn't. was
1: there was I didn't mean to cut you off. There was me there was uh, multiple gangs that wanted me in their neighborhood and I I chose to go off a of mound, branch off a of own.
0: So being a gang member, uh, did you uh ever go away for a while? And uh for how long?
1: Uh yeah, in nineteen ninety two I went away. And I was gone for eight years. Had a life term, a life term overturned it. Why well, I didn't overturn it? Got a sentencing modification, and I've been out uh, 20, 22 years.
0: So, without giving out too much information, right? Um, living, you know, in prison, having a life term. What's life like? Uh, what goes? What's the thought process being uh, locked behind bars and knowing that you might not ever get out?
1: If you're smart, you let the streets go. When you got a term like that, you're smart, you let the streets go. Because if you don't, it's going to tear you up. Me, I completely forgot the streets. I had to learn how to drive a car again. I had to learn my way around the city again. Because I had literally forgotten everything. But I remember the day that uh, I was walking. We were in Centennial on B Yard. And I was walking around the track. We we got up to go to breakfast. And we're walking our lines. We got our hands behind our back. My Sally was in front of us. And I felt weird. Something wasn't right. And I told him, I told my Sally, hey, be on your toes. Something's going to crack today. And he was looking around. He goes, I don't feel anything. Like Because you feel it when something's going to crack. So he's talking I don't feel nothing And I I, I, When he told me that I kind of looked around And looked at the wall I looked at the The barbed wire fence I looked at uh, the buildings The gunners And it settled in my head And this was Five years after I was already locked up That I'm never going home I was like "I'm I'm never going home And he's like what? I'm never going home And he's like You already knew that, like, you know, to him, because he didn't have a light term, he couldn't understand what I was going through. It was just like, damn, I'm never going home. But I made a mistake that's going to keep me in here for the rest of my life. Thankfully, uh, somebody felt it. Maybe that change in me that, that I got the second chance.
0: And when you were locked up, looking back now at whatever it is you did, um sitting there contemplating you know, did you have regrets doing what you did i mean did like was it worth um you know uh you know being lo- put away and locked up for for a long period of time and you when you uh you know really start to think, okay, I, I, maybe I shouldn't have committed uh, that armed robbery as an example. We're not saying that that's what you did, but, um, you know, because a lot of people do uh, say when, when they've uh, been locked up, um, you know, that they regret it and it was never worth it. But what, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people say when they first get busted, I regret it, I regret it. You actually regret getting busted. You don't regret what you did. And it's not until you realize that what you did wasn't right, that's when you start making that regret, like, I shouldn't have did that. It's not the fact that I got busted. It makes a big difference for a person. It changes somebody. Um, I did regret getting cracked right away, but I was having fun in there, doing what I had to do. It was all cool until that day I realized I'm not coming home. And uh, that I had put my family through uh, misery that they shouldn't have gone through. I put my son through it. I put my wife through it. I put my mother through it. I lost my mother when I was busted. I put my brother through it. It's, uh, it, took, it took a long time to regret what I actually had did.
0: Wow, that's an interesting viewpoint. I've never heard anybody put it like that. One thing that you're known about, uh, Sonny, is that you're very direct, very straightforward, and there's no there's no line to to who you are. It's kind of like what you see is what you get. And I think that's something that that people um, see in you and and respect about you. Um, you. So uh, after you got out, right, um, how did life change for you?
1: Pretty quick, I started to realize that the the people that I grew up with that I felt dear to me, that I felt like were brothers and was willing to die for or willing to kill for, had changed. And I don't know if they had changed or I had changed, but something had changed. So when I went back to the barrio, I didn't feel comfortable there anymore. I didn't feel that love. I didn't feel that uh, security. So, right, dramatically, I start to change right away where it was like, hey, these fools ain't got my back the way I had theirs. These guys, uh, and it's not to talk bad about them. It's just, I want to say they were smarter than I was. I didn't, uh, I thought about things in a certain way. And they thought about it for a while, but they had grew up out of it. So I, when I came out, it was just, I had to learn to be with my family again. I had to learn to to be a little bit more understandable people out here compared to people in there because everything's cut and dry in there.
0: What's, what's the street code? Is it is it like um, gang first, family uh, second, or how does that work?
1: It depends on how vested you are in that life. If you're really, really heartfelt into that life, your neighborhood's always going to come first. But there's a lot of people that that have families before they do the neighborhood. And those are probably the smarter ones. Because family's going to be there. The neighborhood ain't.
0: So once you got out, did you become like a a voice to like uh, the younger uh, generation, kind of try to, um, you know, kick some knowledge and tell them what they should or should not be doing in, in the gang life?
1: I, when I came out, I, I ran with my homeboys for a little bit. Like I said, I just didn't feel the same. So I kind of ventured off on my own, doing my own thing. But I, I see somebody walk into the neighborhood. I would rush them. Hey, where you from? You know, I was doing it all by myself. And although I wasn't out there telling the youngsters hey, get in the barrio, do this, do that. I was giving a bad example to those guys because they see me doing what I was doing. And it wasn't until maybe when I was about 50, 48, where I started, like, when I got a hold of one of the homies, they would talk to him, hey, and he would tell me something. And if it was positive, I was trying to encourage him.
0: So at one point you were part of a different podcast, but since decided to leave that podcast. You know, have you now have your own podcast? It's called the Street Saint Loyal Podcast. I imagine it has to do because of the upbringing that you are encouraged. Um, but before then, before you started the Street Saint Loyal Podcast, did you ever have any aspirations to become a part of radio or doing any kind of podcasting?
1: I had no. No urge to ever be on a camera. I never had an urge to be on the camera. Never felt the need to be on it. And I probably wouldn't even start at the streets, Ain't loyal until uh, a particular person got at me, offering to buy all my equipment, if I would just do it because he said I helped him. That's that one person that made me I didn't take him up on his offer. She he wanted want to drive me to Best Buy, buy me a camera, computer, and everything else just to keep doing what I was doing because it helped him. I didn't take him up on an offer, but I told him I will do my best to see what I can do. So I never had the urge to be on the camera, but um, things have changed. I don't have the urge now, but I'm welcoming all, opportunities coming my way right now
0: so podcasting is, is something that you kind of fa- fell into yes oh that's awesome that's awesome so the name of your podcast is the street ain't loyal why that name
1: i took it because i realized that my biggest fault is loyalty if i got your back i got your back 100% where I was raised. That's the way. That's what I felt. But I realized there was nobody else that took that same approach to things. So I start to realize that a lot of people sell you out real quick on the streets. There is no loyalty on the streets, and that's when I came up with the name.
0: You know, that's a, that's a great name to to your podcast, and I think a lot of people recognize it right off the bat and they understand what it means. Um, so you recently started coming out on movies and tv shows how did that come about
1: we we're doing a podcast another podcast that i was on with uh individual with a producer and he had told me uh joe castro just you know shout out to joe and he had told me uh going to be in a movie. And me being a clown the way I am, I was like, sure, yeah. I got you. <laughs> Not thinking anything of it. And about a month later, he called me to be in a movie. And then it just kept on going like that where I meet people and they were like, hey, you want to be in a movie or a TV show? Or you want to, we got this open, we got that open, uh, why don't you jump on? And like I said, I'm taking every opportunity I get. I've had such negativity in my life that anything positive, I'm going to jump on it.
0: That's great. Um, So your podcast, what direction do you want to take it to?
1: Uh, I'm not so much worried about monetizing. I'm not so much worried about subs. Because a lot of people listen, they might not sub, but they listen. If I can catch one or two kids, or even help older homies, change their mentality about what's happening in their lives or taking a positive approach to things, then I'm all game. I want eventually, um, I'm getting my son on little by little. He has not a lot lot of knowledge and even though he wasn't running the streets like I was, he, uh, he lived that life because his dad was in prison, which is me. So I'm hoping that he takes over when I decide it's over, that he takes over and leave it kind of like a little uh, legacy kind of thing.
0: Some people would say that your uh, your channel is what considered a, a prison channel. Well, what, do you, what do you say about that?
1: My channel is not a prison channel. I Although I, I think a lot of people just, if your resume shows a prison term, people are automatically going to assume that you're a prison channel. I'm not talking about what happens in prison. It's none of my business. I'm not into putting anybody else's business out on the streets. I hold certain things dear to my heart where I didn't learn in prison or in the neighborhood, I learned at home. And there's certain things you don't talk about. So whatever's happening in prison, I stay out of it. And uh, like I said, everybody just assumes just because you've done a prison term that You're a prison channel, and that's not true.
0: Knowing what you know now, what would you do different, if anything? I would have
1: probably continued going to school. uh, Got my high school diploma. Maybe went to college. More than likely, go to college. Because I never felt the acknowledgement of graduating from elementary or or junior high. I never felt that acknowledgement from anybody in the family. Yeah, I mean, oh, congratulations, good job. And they might even show up. But when they're at the graduation summer, they're talking to each other. They're not paying attention to me. You know what I mean? Um, and I think I was doing it more for them than I was for myself, I needed to think about being a little selfish and understand that when I was younger that I needed to go to school and do things for myself so that I had a better life. Because I think education is probably the most important thing that's going to make somebody have a better life.
0: Would you say that you started to live life now, the life that you were meant to live?
1: nobody's life's perfect but I'm starting to see the beauty in life I'm you know I got my grandkids I got my kids I got my wife I, I I wish my parents could have seen me do better um but yeah I'm starting to enjoy life and I'm starting to feel like I had this coming
0: when it's all over because we all gotta go at some point right um how do you want to be remembered?
1: Genuine. I want to be uh, known as somebody that was genuine. They that, that wasn't fucking pulling no uh, snake moves. I That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Is I can't mess with somebody I don't trust. And I can't mess with people that I see slither. I don't want to be one of those people that somebody looks at me and say, "Hey, homeboy's a snake." Homeboy did me dirty. No, I want to low straight up. Hey, homeboy was genuine. You know, might not not be the best person in life, but at least he was genuine. You know what he was.
0: Wow, that's 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 good stuff. Um, what's your final message to anybody uh, watching out there on um, the streets? Ain't loyal. Um, like, do you, the, do you advise anyone to, at this uh, stage, um, to get involved in, in gangs or be part of something like that? Um, what's your overall life, I guess, lesson or, or voice or, say, or something that you want to, like, say towards that?
1: I hear a lot of people talk about the games change. And it probably has to a certain extent. But the core of the game, the games have to change. The rules haven't changed. They're, the core is still there. If you want. A negative life. You're going to do negative things. There's no glory in hurting somebody. There's no glory in getting loaded. Getting high. There is no glory in it. You might feel that. Oh yeah, everybody looked at me with respect. It ain't respect that they're giving you; it's fear. I grew up thinking I had everybody I had everybody's respect, but it wasn't the fact that they respected me; they feared me. I'm not saying I'm a badass; I'm not, you know, saying that. But it's just even just a normal person walking on the street. And you see me coming with my khakis, my Ben Davis, or whatever. They would look at me and say, "Oh hell no, I'm going to the other side of the street," because they feared me. It wasn't because they respected me. And a lot of people get that mixed up. The respect, the the, the things I see from my family now is respect. The things I hear from my son and my daughter talking to me is respect. They're starting to see, hey, Dad, you're doing good. I'm proud of you. Dad, keep doing what you're doing. You're, You're a better person now. I, I got tired of being angry all the time. It's not worth it. All it does, like I said, are the negativity brings negativity. Take all the positive uh, opportunities you can get and just make the best out of life. Like I said, life is uh, too short for one. And life isn't about hurting people or, or coming up on somebody. It's about uh, life can be beautiful. Watching your grandkids watching your children grow up, being there at the graduations, taking the wife out to a special dinner with champagne and all that good stuff. You know what I mean? Nice vacations. Uh, Being scared of going on an airplane, going to Florida. You know what I mean? I I don't like airplanes. I found out I don't like airplanes. I wasn't comfortable on it, but I wouldn't change it for the world because it was a new experience and I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't enjoy the, the actual scare part, but just to experience itself, I'm experiencing a lot of things and it's unfortunate I had to wait until this age to start experiencing these things.
0: Well, Sonny, it sounds like you've you changed your life completely from what it used to be. It sounds like you're in a better place. It sounds like you're, like you just said, you're starting to enjoy and appreciate life for what it is. We're happy for you. Um, you know, you obviously have the respect of your, your follow podcasters. You're mentioned uh, often in the podcast community. And uh, I think, like I said before, it's because they see truth in, in who you are, and they don't see uh, any falseness to to what who you are and what you represent. Um, thank you for coming on on the show.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Shouts out to Tacos and Workouts. Uh, we've been talking for a while about doing this. Um, unfortunately, you know, I've never going to school and, and doing a lot of things, so I'm always busy. But I uh, enjoyed this conversation, and uh, thank you for having me on.